Welcome, and thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. this morning is from Luke chapter 1 verses 57 through 66. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord has shown his great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said no he is to be called John. And they said to her none of your relatives had this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and he wrote, his name is John, and all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he began to speak praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all of these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, what then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. The word of God for the people of God. So there are times that I like to think that I am, that I have a lot of patience. I think that when my three-year-old is throwing tantrums, then taking a deep breath usually, but definitely not always, helps me remember that big feelings are really hard for tiny people. When I'm at work and someone is telling a really long story with lots of unnecessary tangents, I can usually, but not always, remember to be curious about why this person is sharing this story in this moment. When I'm standing in line at the grocery store and there's someone taking just a little bit more time than I would like, I can usually, but definitely not always, remember that I'm really not in that big of a rush. But every bit of that patience goes right out the window when I'm in traffic. 
which is a terrible trait to have in Northern Virginia. Like all the lights take way too long. That person could have made it through that light. Why are we breaking again? Why are they doing construction in the middle of rush hour? Why can't I just be home yet? Would you believe me if I told you 18 months ago when we got here, I had a full head of hair? (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't, I didn't, but that's how stressed I feel in traffic. I'm convinced that we all have that one thing that just triggers instant rage. That one thing that all the patience and all the prayers and all the meditation in the world just can't help in mind is traffic. It's definitely a first world problem for sure. But day after day, I allow it to cause so much weariness as I drive to and from work. Weariness is the theme of our Advent season, our our season of waiting. How do we prepare ourselves in the midst of all this weariness to rejoice once Christmas arrives? How in the midst of two hours worth of traffic every single day do we prepare ourselves to rejoice once Christmas arrives? How does a weary world rejoice? And if we allow it, there's a lot of things in this world that can make us weary these days. There are two very big, very unjust wars going on right now where thousands of children are dying, people are being displaced, and finding any hope of resolution seems unthinkable. There is and has been huge infighting in our American society for years now. Compromise just doesn't seem to be an option. Inequality and injustice are still very prevalent I almost got burnt. Let me move this way. (laughs) Inequality and injustice are still very prevalent and all the isms are still here no matter how much focus we put on them. Sexism and ableism and racism and ageism, the list could go on. Gun violence continues to rise. People continue to hurt and fight each other. Values have been broken. And that's the big stuff. But even in our everyday life, we have the loss of loved ones, family drama and pain, loneliness and depression and anxiety and oppression and medical emergencies, screaming toddlers, bills to pay, mouths to feed, this list too could go on. Life can be exhausting if we allow it to be. And pain and hurt and sadness can come to the forefront if we allow it. Weariness can overcome. And though this time of year is said to be full of joy, sometimes it can be the weariest time of all. So how does a weary world rejoice? In our scripture lesson today, we once again meet John the Baptist's family. 
The past two weeks, we've heard about the announcements of John and Jesus being born and how the messengers of God, the angels, came to share the great news that these two would soon change the world. Today, we meet this family again after months of weary anticipation, months of all the weariness that comes with pregnancy, months of lack of sleep and nausea and worry of becoming a parent and Zachariah not being able to sleep and Elizabeth providing hospitality while pregnant to her pregnant cousin Mary. Months of exhaustion and worry and weariness. And that's all the everyday stuff. But let's not forget that Elizabeth and Mary were women in a society that they needed offspring in order to be validated. Elizabeth was long barren. She was older. She had no children. And while her husband, Zechariah, clearly had an important role in the temple, they still had no children to carry on their legacy. Mary was young, probably still a teenager, who was scared to death to have a child out of wedlock. Who would believe that she conceived miraculously? And no doubt her family had some thoughts about Joseph. They were both women in a time that that meant they had very little rights. And in our lesson today, even though Elizabeth has the voice, they look to Zechariah before they believe that her child is going to be named John. And perhaps I'm putting too much of a modern lens on an old story, but perhaps these women were scared and worried about the perceptions that society would have on them. And with all that worry, how, could, how can you rejoice when you are that weary? And in our story today, I'm really struck by verse 63. It says he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. John means God is gracious. And all of them were amazed. All of them were amazed by a name? I mean, really, they could have just been judgmentally thinking that's not a family name. And then on the outside saying, John, oh, that's, that's a nice name. I mean, I imagine that's what people did when my parents said that they were going to name me Dirk. Oh, Dirk, yeah, that's, that's a nice name. No offense, other Dirk. <laughs> they were at a ceremony that happens for every single male child at eight years or eight days old. They could have just said, oh, well, we have to go to the temple again today for Elizabeth and Zechariah. They're circumcising their child. They could have just shown up and and barely been present and moved on with their day. But I think in part they chose, they chose to be amazed. They didn't just drag their feet to go to the ceremony. They heard the stories of Zachariah's sudden muteness and of the angel's visit. And they chose to be there with their family. The family saw that there was something big and they chose to stay. They remain curious, alert, and ready to be amazed. The family didn't just hear the name John and move on. No, they saw the significance. Zechariah, the traditional name his son should also receive, means God remembers. But John means God is gracious. They saw that shift from past tense to the present. 
They saw that the blessing has always been because God remembers God's people and they saw that God is currently doing something new. They saw that God's grace has entered the world anew. They didn't know what John would do, but they knew that he would be doing it. They knew that he would be blessed by God and others blessed in return. They allowed themselves to be amazed. And in this season of waiting, in this time of Advent where we pause to wait for the coming of Jesus, this is our chance to allow ourselves to be amazed. Luke's story later continues that John grew strong in spirit waiting in the wilderness until it was his time to start ministry. Luke 3 says that John emerges as a voice calling out of the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. You see, John's story is a story of amazement, amazement of the things that are to come. Are we allowing ourselves to be amazed. And I mean really slowing down and allowing ourselves to be amazed. This life can be busy. And in the season of waiting, this Advent season of anticipating Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, are we allowing ourselves to first be amazed by the entrance of John, of God's graciousness? Have you taken the time to listen? And I mean, really listen to the Advent devotionals that Pastor Michelle has been giving. Have you taken the time to just be silent and still when you wake up in the morning before all the rushing begins? Have you taken the time to just be present here in this space today to allow the Spirit's indwelling? Will you take communion today and be amazed by God's graciousness. No doubt the world can be weary. The world can be hard. The world can be exhausting. And likely that's not going to change. But it also didn't change immediately when Jesus entered either. The world didn't immediately change just because Jesus enters the world. When we slow ourselves down to be amazed, we can see that God's grace still exists in this world. We can be amazed at the wonders of our toddlers finding their sense of humor in the middle of those loud tantrums. We can be amazed by the life stories of those challenging family members we didn't quite take the time to learn about. We can be amazed by the sunset as a reminder of those loved ones that we have lost in our lives. We can be amazed by the advocates who have come a long way to fight the isms that continue to stand in the way of equality. And it won't all change it's the weariness. The tantrums will continue. The infighting still continue. The social injustice will still need to be challenged. But that's what we wait for, isn't it? It's what Jesus taught us to do, to pause and to pray and to see God's grace and to find our moment to bring that grace into the world. Weariness will come and go, but we can always choose to be amazed by the entrance of what John symbolizes. We can choose to be amazed by God's present graciousness in our lives 
today. So how, how does a weary world rejoice? By opening our eyes and slowing down. A few weeks ago, I did finally do that. And would you believe that this terrible drive to and from work that I curse every single day is actually quite beautiful? The fall leaves were a bright orange and yellow and red. They glistened in the sun on my way to work and they glowed in the setting sun on my way home. Today, those evergreens that were, in the, that were hid behind the foreground have suddenly become a vivid reminder that even in this season of waiting, waiting for leaves to return, the amazing green still exists. I forget pretty much every single day. I despise traffic every single day. But every so often in my weariness, I'm reminded that God is gracious. So how does a weary world rejoice? We open our eyes, we pause, and we see that God is gracious. Amen. Would you all pray with me? Gracious and giving God, We thank you for those subtle reminders that you are here with us everywhere we go. That even in the midst of our weariness, you stand with us. That in the midst of hurt and pain and confusion, you are here with us. Gracious God, would you open our hearts this week, today, here in this moment, would you... Remind us that you are present, that you are gracious. And God, when, those, when, the, when it's just too hard, when it's too weary, perhaps then we could just be reminded of that beautiful prayer that that helps us and keeps us grounded, that same prayer that Jesus taught his disciples so many years ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.